This is 105.9 The Region. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine covering the world of horse racing is brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Over to your hosts, Ann Romer and Larry Simpson. Good morning, I'm Ann Romer, and welcome to Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Friend of the show, Jason Blewett, partner account executive with West Point Thoroughbreds, is joining us again today. Jason, as well, works for West Point and is in tune with the horse racing industry, both internationally and in North America. Today, he will talk about not only what's happening at West Point Thoroughbreds, but also he will discuss the upcoming Eclipse Awards that will be handed out next week, recognizing excellence in thoroughbred horse racing. Also, Woodbine trainer and soon-to-be friend of the show, Mike DiPaolo, joins us today. Mike is currently racing at Florida's Gulfstream Park. He has trained at the last count over 950 winners and total purse earnings of almost $39 million. May I please add several graded stakes winners as well. Shortly, we will speak to Mike and talk about not only his career, which is stellar, but also how he's readying for Woodbine's opening day, expected to begin on Saturday, April the 22nd. In addition, last May, friend of the show, Woodbine jockey Sheena Ryan suffered some pretty serious injuries in a training accident, and she has spent the last several months in rehabilitation, hopefully preparing to ride again when Woodbine opens in April. Sheena, if you may recall, was forced to have surgery on her pelvis and elbow. We're going to talk to her very soon to find out how things are going with her recovery and when she's ready to get back in the saddle. And finally, he's back. My co-host Larry Simpson will once again try to sniff out some potential betting gems at Woodbine Mohawk Park and some other North American tracks that are racing today with our Ponies Picks of the Day, sponsored by Rocketship Racing. It's going to be a fabulous show, so please get your HPI and Dark Horse accounts ready for some heavy-duty action today. When we come back, Larry Simpson will join us as we catch up on recent horse racing news. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine, brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario racing and rocket ship racing more from the track when we come back on 105.9 the region go from dark horse to winner dark horse is woodbine's new easy to use betting app that brings the thrill of the track right to you it's ai powered insights and strategies help you make smarter bets straight out of the gate feel the excitement of live streamed horse races wherever you go get 30 dollars to start betting when you sign up today using promo code get 30 download the app for free at playdarkhorse.com available on android and apple devices the Horsemen's Benevolent and Protective Association of Ontario, the HBPA, has represented thoroughbred owners and trainers at Woodbine and Fort Erie racetracks since 1950. The HBPA provides members and their hardworking employees with medical insurance, pensions, benevolence, negotiations with racetracks and government, and provides vital industry information to the horse people. For more information on the HBPA of Ontario, please visit our website at hbpa.on.ca. Lymphoma Canada and Ponies 24-7 recommend that you don't horse around with lymphoma. Lymphoma affects the lymphatic system of both horses and humans, and currently there are over 100,000 Canadians living with the disease. Lymphoma is also the most common cancer diagnosis for adolescents and young adults. Visit lymphoma.ca slash ponies to donate to the Don't Horse Around with Lymphoma campaign. With your help, we can promote early detection, assist newly diagnosed patients, and support lymphoma research. This is 105.9 The Region. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine covering the world of horse racing is brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Over to your hosts, Ann Romer and Larry Simpson. 
Welcome back to Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. I'm Ann Romer. Let me introduce you to my fabulous co-host, Larry Simpson. Good to see you. And the auction is up and running. Don't horse around with lymphoma. Yes, we're in the uh, home stretch. <laughs> Very uh, smart. It closes uh, on January the 31st at uh, midnight. So, uh, yeah, we've talked about some of the, the nice items, uh, especially the two awesome uh, dinner packages, uh, courtesy of uh, Woodbine uh, Entertainment, and one including the uh, fabulous Stella Artois Terrace. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to the, the final week and uh, getting the, uh, we've got a lot of nice stuff. Uh, you know, there's uh, signed hockey cards by Hall of Famers and uh there's uh, Chantel Sutherland's uh, riding pants and uh, riding boots that uh, she wore during, during the Breeders' Cup. And, uh, yeah, there's, there's some great stuff. And it's kind of a win-win, obviously, for Lymphoma Canada. Why is it important that people think about uh, donating to this incredible organization, but they also get something for it? Well, they do, and, and uh, we've talked about it in the past. Lymphoma is like a silent disease that people get it. We've had people on here that have it, like myself and that, and it kind of just creeps up on you. And horses get it, and too. And that's the other thing. Uh, horses uh, can get it. They're susceptible to this form of cancer, and the great Stanabred, some beach somewhere, we've spoken about him quite a bit, and uh, he succumbed to it. So, yeah, it's it's a win-win for for everybody. They they give to the charity, and they get something back. Uh, you know, with some sports memorabilia or some horse racing memorabilia or some dinner packages from Woodbine, that type of thing. So. And where do people go to be a part of this? They go to Lymphoma Canada's website, and there's a page there for the uh, silent auction. And uh, yeah. Make your bid and go back in and check to make sure that somebody hasn't outbid you. <laughs> Very smart. Absolutely, because yep. then you want to bid again. That's Keep right. that money rolling, that's, that's for right. sure. So time to go to Fort Lauderdale, Florida, Larry, here mm-hmm. on Ponies 24-7. We're joined right now by an incredible guy, partner account executive with West Point Thoroughbreds, Jason Blewett. Thank you so much for joining us on the show. Great to have you with us. How are things in Fort Lauderdale? It's about... 75 degrees, guys, and sunny out with no humidity. I'm in shorts and flip-flops, so things are good. Excited for the weekend and obviously coming up on a big week uh, down here. Actually, we're seven days out from the Pegasus at Gulfstream Park, and uh, it'll be a great honor and a great evening this coming Thursday with the Eclipse Awards and naturally with West Point. Uh, having had the honor of purchasing Flightline at auction and being a co-owner during his racing days, um, expect him to get horse of the year. So I pick up my tux on Wednesday <laughs> and very much looking forward to the next few days. A tux with flip-flops on. I might I might try to do that, actually. <laughs> That's not a bad idea. All right, you mentioned the Pegasus, uh, Jason. Uh, what is it that makes the Pegasus Day so special? Um, that's a good question. I mean, look, the event, not that it's been around all that, all that many years, 2017 was the, was the first running, uh, formerly the Don Handicap, and at the time it was the richest horse race in the world, and I had had the pleasure of attending the first Pegasus, and that was the big matchup between California Chrome and Arrogate, the, uh, the Breeders' Cup classic rematch between two wonderful horses. Um, it's just a big day um, where Gulfstream's able, much like Florida Derby Day, although the three-year-old 
three-year-old uh, divisions a little bit different from the older horses in late January. But it's a day Gulfstream gets to put its best foot forward. Slewest stakes on the card. I'm sure there'll be some nice uh, three-year-old maiden special weights where, who knows, you might see the next Kentucky Derby winner. So just great racing at a time of the year when, I mean, the, the real, the real, I'd say, asset of Florida is the weather down here. You've got turf racing. So just a, a big day of racing that I think in a lot of ways probably starts. It's like the first major day of the, of, of the new year as far as, like, the game is concerned on a national level. Jason, can you talk a little bit about West Point? Tell me about this organization and tell me about what the lifeblood is that flows through it. It's a great, great question. And this is a company, I mean, I have the, the, the privilege of working for West Point Thoroughbreds, a public racing partnership. We sell fractional shares in thoroughbred racehorses. We're active first and foremost at all the major yearling and two-year-old and training auctions in the United States. We're currently in our 33rd year of existence, and this is, a, again, a public public racing stable and company that, that has been built up from just a one-horse, low-level claiming outfit over 30, uh, 30 years ago, three decades ago, plus at what was then Philadelphia Park by Terry and Debbie Finley. So I think in large part, we're about inclusivity. We're about getting people into the game that have had a lifelong dream, or maybe not a lifelong dream. We have a lot of newer partners that just got into racing during the COVID pandemic because it was the only game in town. But giving people a chance to not have to be a millionaire, get in the game, buy a piece of a horse, and uh, which is uh, you know far far less pricey than if you were doing it by yourself and. Look, it gives regular folks like me, I mean, I work for the company, but, you know, I'm just a regular guy. Think of the eight or nine West Point partners that back in August of 2019 bought a little piece of flight line when, when we purchased him at the Saratoga yearling sales that summer and a life-changing horse for those people and the company. So you never know. We all hope we're one step away from maybe making that decision that, puts a life, life-changing kind of horse in front of us. So what is your day like, uh, Jason, uh, as partner account executive for West Point? What, uh, what do you do during the day? So it's all about building relationships. I mean, a large part of my job is sales, but that, that's kind of a, 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 a – I don't think it does it justice. You're, it's about building relationships both with existing and, of course, new partners. And they are, when you ask me what the sort of lifeblood of West Point is, it's, it's the partners. There's no West Point thoroughbreds without our great partners. But you, this time of year and then in the summer in Saratoga Springs, where I'm fortunate enough to be able to, to spend my, my summers up there, which is amazing, a lot of mornings I spend at the racetrack or one of the training centers down here between uh, Palm Meadows, Payson Park, or Palm Beach Downs. We've got quite a few horses uh, scattered throughout the East Coast in, in Florida that are wintering down here. I, I'll bring my video camera out, get some footage of our horses training. Partners always like to see what, what their horses are doing, and I like going out in the morning for training and you know seeing the horses and, and also the trainers and, and backstretch workers and stuff like that. And you know, I may have uh, a couple of sales calls depending upon what day it is. 
And there's quite a few partners that are in my quote unquote book of business that in the course of two years working for the company, I've become very, very close, very friendly with. And, you know, some senior citizens that might live by themselves. So there's a lot of guys I have that I call once a week. So that's really it. I spend the mornings at the track checking in on our horses, touching base with present and hopefully future partners during the afternoon. And and clearly when we've got horses racing, especially at Gulfstream, I'm going to be at the races, again, both entertaining and, of course, enjoying our, our, our horses doing, doing what they do. I think that's great. And, you know, you say you're a regular guy, and, and this seems to me that it began as a business for you, but it, obviously you've, you've grown passionate about horses and about the horse racing industry. Is that correct? Yeah, that's a, that's a good way to put it. I mean, I think back, I grew up, I'm from Long Island, New York, uh, grew up in Floral Park, uh, New York. So a community that, that backs up on the west end of Floral Park, it backs up to, to Belmont Park. I went to high school and junior high across the street from Belmont mm-hmm. Park. So, you know, living in the shadow of one of the world's most famous racetracks and, of course, the site of the final leg of the American Triple Crown, the Belmont Stakes, up until the summer going into 10th grade, I had never really given horse racing or Belmont two thoughts. I mean, it was just Belmont was there and had no interest in, in racing. Floor Park Youth Council one day in the summer of uh, 1992 was having a family day at Belmont. My dad got tickets. I literally got dragged there because I was told, <laughs> you have to come. We're spending the day as a family. And look, I mean, that first trip to Belmont, over 30 years ago, it, it changed the trajectory and course of my life forever. So, uh, again, now in my mid-40s, I've worked in the industry for over 20 years, almost 18 or so at Naira, both starting in the press box, and that evolved into TV. And then the Stronic Group hired me, relocated me down to Gulfstream. I, I was the uh, host there on the uh, Gulfstream Park feed for just under four years and West Point. Terry and Debbie kind of kind of stole me away from the Stronic group. So, you know, the game's been a huge part of my life and will be until my last breath on earth. I just I just love the game, love the horses and just want the game, want the horses to be cared for, the racing to be safe as possible and um, just want the game to thrive. So that special day that you were talking about when you were there as a family (laughs) and you didn't want to be there. But uh, obviously, something must have just went off and, and, and sold you on, on horse racing for you to be here today talking about West Point and everything else that you've done in your career, correct? Correct. I've been very, again, I, I, I've used the word fortunate a lot, but I think especially as you get older and, you know, I can speak for myself as I've gotten older, I Really, when I stop and think, I, I, I've always had opportunity and I've always had people. You need opportunity in life. You've got to deliver once you're in a position of, of, of working or fulfilling an action or requirement. And, um, you know, I think I've done that. But I, I always had people willing to give me an opportunity and a chance in the game, which not everybody gets. So I've uh, been very lucky in that regard. But, I mean... I can still remember having never gone to Belmont and had spent my first uh, 13 years on on planet Earth, again, living in the shadows of this massive facility with no interest at all. 
I can really recall clear as a bell walking out onto the apron at Belmont and just the size of it, the beauty, the greenery, the size of the infield, and, of course, that massive grandstand, which, if you stood it on its side, is as tall as the Empire State Building. I mean, it really, really is quite, quite the racetrack. And I was blown away from just Belmont, and that was before I even laid eyes on on a single thoroughbred because we got there uh, prior to race one starting and i can just remember watching that first race and the numbers sort of flashing on the board as the horses were kind of and jockey caps were you know kind of tiny little specks way across the infield when they were down the back stretch and that was it i was like wow you know <laughs> you were so amazing to, to get a job yeah 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 it hooked me immediately and i was like what would be better than just making a living in thoroughbred racing where you essentially just got paid to go to the racetrack every day. And by golly, I mean, uh, I'll be 45 in a few weeks. I've uh, mission accomplished in that department. So <laughs> very, done. very lucky. I want to quickly talk about the Eclipse Awards. Uh, Horse of the Year, yes, that's one category. What are the others? And what does an award like this mean to someone like you? It's It's... It's humbling. I mean, it's 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 all it's all the cliches you hear, but they they are true. And I think, you know, on a personal note, how lucky I've been. I started with West Point, and again, when Terry Finley first approached me around November of 2020 about leaving, you know, leaving Gulfstream and 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 leaving the Stronic Group and leaving my comfort zone and I think my identity of being a host at Gulfstream and I really enjoyed doing TV and the Stronic group took great care of me. I was well compensated kind of going into the unknown and taking this job doing sales and having to sell horses for West Point. Um, it was a, a, a big sort of question mark, but I took the gig and I only mention that because two months after I started Flightline debuts out at Santa Anita and a maiden special weight. And obviously ran awesome and huge figure, and he looked like he might be a potential superstar. So for Terry and Debbie, who again 33 years ago started this company, for them to to, to have a, a like basically a front row seat to see the joy Flightline brought them. I mean, Terry and Debbie waited literally their whole lives to have a life changing horse like this. So to see that come to fruition. And 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 what he was able to accomplish on the racetrack. It's just it's hard to articulate how special having Flightline was. And then this will be the cherry on top when I would think he'd be named Horse of the Year. And obviously he's a slam dunk for a champion older horse. Whoa, great, 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 uh, Jason. Thanks for doing this, and and good luck at the Eclipse, and uh, enjoy the Pegasus. And I'm waiting for you guys down here in uh, South Florida. Anytime you want to visit, you're more than welcome to join me at Gulfstream Park. My bag's packed. But it has to be carry-on these days. So, (laughs) Jason Blue at West Point Thoroughbreds, thank you so much for being with us on the show. Fantastic. When we come back, soon-to-be friend of the show, Woodbine trainer Michael DiPaolo joins us on Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine, brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Follow us on Twitter at 1059theregion. We'll be right back. Enjoy the thrill of the race anytime with HPIBet.com, the number one betting site for experienced horse players. Join for free and watch and wager when you can't bet at the track. 
Stream live racing from over 500 tracks from around the world. Bet with ease from anywhere. It's safe and secure. Sign up today and get one month free live race streaming. Plus, for a limited time, get a $100 bonus and your first bet is on us. Go to hpibet.com to join for free today. Costa, the Central Ontario Standard Bread Association, proudly serving Ontario horse people. Costa, helping to ensure and support a collaborative and vibrant harness racing industry based on integrity and accountability. For more information, please visit the Costa website at costaonline.com or call 905-854-2672. Ontario Racing, the excitement of thoroughbred, standard bread, and quarter horse racing at 15 racetracks. We are the voice of the Ontario horse racing industry, and we direct breed improvement programs, set annual race dates, and work on attracting new horse owners and race fans. Ontario Racing is committed to supporting a vibrant industry with one vision, working together for a stronger horse racing community. To get your horsepower, go to OntarioRacing.com and experience the excitement. Ontario Racing, three breeds, one vision. This is 105.9 The Region. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine covering the world of horse racing is brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Over to your hosts, Ann Romer and Larry Simpson. Welcome back to Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Woodbine thoroughbred trainer Mike DiPaolo joins us now. He is a regular during the winter months at Gulfstream Park. Also, the trainer of winners of over $39 million. Woo! He joins us today for the first time on the show. Welcome, Michael DiPaolo. Good to have you with us. Hi. How are you guys doing? Better for hearing your voice. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> All right, Mike. Let's, let's talk about you've been in the business for a while. Where did, where did this interest come from into, to get yourself into horse racing and now training horses? Yeah, well, my father was a, an accountant. And a couple of his clients were thoroughbred trainers. So my father had a couple horses, and uh, I like to say I went to grade 13, and then I went to University of Woodbine. So I've been doing it <laughs> Didn't we all? <laughs> yeah. I think you got your MBA there. <laughs> yeah, we're still, still working on it. And what's the magic touch, Mike? What is the magic touch? You've trained horses that have earned over $39 million. What are you doing right well, the secret is to have a good horse. I mean, um, I specialize, or, or what I, I like to do most is go to yearling sales and buy young horses. And um, I think that's where the key is. You can train them up, upside down, and, and if they just don't have the talent, there's not a lot you can do for them. But if you start off with a good product, you got a chance to have a real good horse. Yeah. And, and you've been known also to put partnerships together, bringing some new people into the business, correct? Yeah, we've done that before. Yeah. And what's the, what's the advantage of something like that, Mike? Well, you, you say you own 10% of a horse. You, you get all the excitement with 10% of the cost. It is an expensive game, and we charge uh, $100 a day, and that doesn't include your vet or your blacksmith. But this game should be looked at as a, as a fun, exciting game. That's how it really should be sold. If you're coming here to make money, you're in the wrong spot. If you're coming here for some entertainment, some fun, we got you in the right spot. Yeah. Okay. Now let's let's talk about last season, Mike at Woodbine. Uh, would you consider it was successful? And and if so, what were some of the highlights for you? Well, I guess we finished fifth overall. 
we're getting close to a thousand wins, which is kind of exciting. I think we're at nine fifty two or something. Um, we've got three nice Colts for next year. Horse called Cool Kiss, Stanley House, and J'adore. We're kind of excited that hopefully, you know, one of them or all of them will turn out to be new King's Plate type horses. And what is it that you are seeing in the three that you just mentioned? Or what are you sensing in them them that tell you that they could be trainable winners? Well, Cool Kiss and Jador have both broken their maiden. They're both winners. And they both ran in the Coronation Futurity, which is our biggest two-year-old race for Canadian breads. And one finished fourth and one finished tenth. But it was a very, the horse that finished tenth only got beat four lengths. It was kind of a bunched-up affair, and I think both of them will run on and, and get the mile and a quarter distance. The Stanley horse uh, we're really excited about. He hasn't run a, a, a distance to ground yet, but we're thinking he can. He's showing a lot of talent. He's been second twice, and I thought he should have won both of those races. Yeah. Do, do you concentrate more on younger horses now, Mike, compared to the, the older horses, or is it still a combination for you? Well, you kind of have to do a little bit of claiming, you yeah. know, w- which would be some of the older horses. And But I, I really uh, enjoy going to the yearling sales and buying young horses. That's where you have a chance to uh, to get a real good one. Uh, I bought a filly a couple of years ago for 40000 and she made a million and 70000 So that was kind of, she was champion three-year-old filly, and she was horse of the year. Philly called Karen. So that was real exciting. You know, Mike, you are a superstar at Woodbine. Let's talk about Gulfstream Park. And and would, for all of us listening to you right now, can you describe what it's like? What does it look like? What does it feel like? What does it smell like? You know, it's just that experience. Gulfstream is worldwide known, and, and it's the place to be, and it's where you are. Yeah, I'm fortunate enough to have 10 stalls at Gulfstream Park. It's a beautiful facility that Frank Stronach put together. And uh, it's just sort of an honor to be accepted here. You you know, you have to apply for stalls and they have to grant them to you. And I, I've been coming here since I was a kid and it's just a super place to be in the winter. When you're at home in Toronto <laughs> and you're looking out the window and you're seeing snow and yeah. gray skies and yeah. gray roads <laughs> and you get to Florida and you see green grass and color and blue skies, there's nothing like winning a race at Gulfstream. And how is uh, the meet so far for you, Mike? Well, we were lucky. The first horse we ran won, so we're not going to get shut out. It's kind of <laughs> humbling when you go 0 for 20 or 30, but we got it done right away. So I think we've run six or seven. We win two. And hopefully we can win a few more before we get home. And what are you going to have to do in order to make that happen? Well, run them in the right races, that's for sure. We've got to be yeah, very competitive and, and, and place them in in spots where they got a real good chance to win. And how do you determine that? Well, with the claiming horses, it's pretty simple. You know, you're, there's a Canadian dollar thing, too. Uh, we could run a horse for, say, 8000 here instead of ten because we're getting 30% more on the dollar. Mm-hmm. So we can take a little edge that way. Yeah. Uh, now, is there one race, Mike, that as a trainer you haven't won? And you want to win it? <laughs> well, I guess I would have said the Queen's Plate up until last year, but now it'll be the King's Plate. 
I've won the Prince of Wales twice and the Breeders once. And I've been third, fourth, fifth in the plate, but we got to get that done before I die. I hope, <laughs> I hope that's we have a long, long time from now. Hopefully enough to live a long time. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. And speaking of the King's Plate, how do you keep that focus with everything else that's going on around you? I know that that is a race that many, many trainers focus on, even starting now, if you will. How do you maintain that focus but also keep things going at Gulfstream, for instance, and then they move back up to Woodbine? Well, you know, a lot of things have to go right. We had a horse a few years ago that I thought was going to win the race. And uh, a few weeks before the race, he got sick. And we ended up running straight in that race and, and finishing fifth, which was disappointing. But uh, a lot of things have to go right. The horses have to stay sound. You need the right kind of races to fill. And, and you need the horse that can go a mile and a quarter. That's also a, a big challenge. It's a tough uh, race to win because of that, because of the distance. A lot of these horses, right, can't can't get that distance in. Well, it might be easier now, though, right, because it's in August compared to where it used to be in June. Yeah, I mean, you pretty much have to have your horse away training somewhere. But now in August, it's possible that a horse that just trained at Woodbine can can make it without winter training. But it's certainly an edge to be away somewhere. Mike, talk to us about your team you don't do this alone who do you rely on for support for for confidence for uh a- analytics for everything that is necessary in order for you to be the best trainer that you are well my wife's my assistant and uh she's an attard so she's kind of grew up in the horse racing business um my son's also an assistant joseph that works with me and and we have a you know a big crew that've been with me for years, uh, exercise boys and grooms and hot walkers, and really you you need those guys to get the job done. And it's a lot of work. I I, always, I like to say sometimes I'm the guy with the suit on, but there's a lot of other <laughs> stuff going on in the background. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I also you know you read the racing forum, the program, and uh, I have a friend in New York, uh, Len Friedman, who's part of the Raggers and Sheets people. Um, he, he, I confer with him on a bunch of things. So it's a big team. Yeah. All right. Now, you mentioned earlier you went to the University of Woodbine, but what was it that made yeah. you, yeah, what, what was it that made you want to be a trainer? Was there maybe a mentor for you or uh, somebody that you grew up idolizing that was training horses? Like, uh, how, how did you just come up with the idea yeah. of being a trainer? Well, uh, I was always fascinated with, pedigrees and I started reading the blood horse magazine when I was about eight years old. Uh, my father, as I said, was a, a an accountant for Jerry Meyer and Bill Marco. And mm-hmm. at the time, Bill Marco was really doing well in Canada with sovereign award trainer a couple of times. And uh, Jerry Meyer was, uh, you know, lead, one of the leading trainers in North America on, on one or two occasions. And I think that's sort of, I, I was certainly interested and seeing how well Bill Marco did. And I thought, well, if he could do it, I could try and do it. Cause uh, he didn't really come from a racetrack background. And I thought if I learned from the ground up, maybe I could get it done. And so if you didn't come from a racetrack background, what you did do was you immersed yourself in it, but you also married into it. I'm still fascinated by yeah. the fact that you married an Atard. Can you tell me what your <laughs> wife brings to the table with that incredible family of horse racing, the Atard family is famous. 
Yeah, yeah, I married the boss's daughter, so I guess yeah. that was a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> Josie does she she does all the, she does a lot of work. She's she used to groom horses. She doesn't do that anymore, but she's a general overseer of the barn. She's the one that makes sure that uh, if it was up to me, I, I wouldn't pay anybody and nobody would get a bill. <laughs> she gets all that administrative stuff done. And uh, we drive in to work together and drive home together, and we've been married, I think, 34 years. So, so far, she hasn't traded me in or dropped me in for a tag yet. <laughs> <laughs> you mentioned earlier, uh, Mike, that uh, a horse by the name of Karen uh, you've trained some good horses. She was an exceptionally good horse. Would you say that she was the best horse you ever trained, or was there somebody else? You know what? She was a, a very good horse. Uh, I think the best horse I ever trained was a horse called Shillelagh Slough. He, he had a lot of he had a lot of little issues, and he was the one that got sick before the plate, and that that kind of broke my heart. I'm still looking at you know he would end up being champion three year old. We took him out west, and he won the Canadian Derby, won the Ontario Derby. He was a real good horse. Unfortunately, he wasn't the soundest horse in the world, but uh, showed a lot of talent. Mike, without being insulting to you, I think you've been at this for a little while, just based on how long you've been married to your wife, Josie, uh, and, and been in this business. Has your approach to training changed with experience? Yeah, I mean, every horse you have to treat differently. Some horses... Um, need a little more training some need a little less and when you first start you think you're a genius and as you go on start to figure out there's still plenty to learn and the great thing about coming to florida you'll meet some great trainers and i remember seeing alan jerkins and he used to say every day i find i know less and less and he was in the hall of fame when he was 50 and when i was talking he was in his 80s so (laughs) it was great to get a, a you know something from a, a trainer of that note to, to see that, hey, it's nothing's written in stone. Yeah. Okay, last question for you, Mike. Uh, if you hadn't have made that decision to become a trainer, what do you think you'd be doing now? Well, I'd love to say that I, I'd be a bloodstock agent, but there, there, really, there are not a lot of opportunities to do that in Toronto. I don't know. I might be selling shoes somewhere. <laughs> Horseshoes? Selling hot dogs, something. Yeah, horseshoes. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Mike DiPaolo, Woodbine Thoroughbred Trainer, and just an extraordinary guy. I have to say thank you for joining us on Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. But would you also please say hello to Josie, your wife? Hmm. She is a an amazing person and congratulations on a long marriage and a very successful partnership as well. Thanks for doing the show. All right. All right. Hi, Joe. We'll be home soon. Take care. <laughs> no, but you're driving home together. You just told us that. <laughs> oh yeah. No, you know what? In the winter, she, she won't work in the winters. Uh, she takes the winters off. <laughs> yeah. That's the one thing she does. She's, uh, she's barred, uh, winter training. She says I do enough in the summer. So you are <laughs> my son hysterical. and I. You're hysterical. You're a card. You need to be dealt with. Thanks. <laughs> Mike DePaul. Yeah. Thank you so much. What a pleasure. Thanks, Mike. Thanks. Thanks guys. Appreciate it. Take care. After the break, when we come back, Woodbine jockey Sheena Ryan joins us on Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine, brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Listen live at 1059theregion.com. Leave it, Ontario. 
Ever dreamt about owning a racehorse? You need to take Ontario Racing's Horse Ownership 101 Virtual Seminars. Join horse racing expert Elisa Blow and learn about standard bred and thoroughbred ownership opportunities in Ontario with options for every price point. These free sessions are available in a one-on-one setting or as a group. For a list of seminar dates and to book your ownership seminar, go to ontarioracing.com slash horse dash ownership today. Enjoy the thrill of the race anytime with HPIBet.com, the number one betting site for experienced horse players. Join for free and watch and wager when you can't bet at the track. Stream live racing from over 500 tracks from around the world. Bet with ease from anywhere. It's safe and secure. Sign up today and get one month free live race streaming. Plus, for a limited time, get a $100 bonus and your first bet is on us. Go to HPIBet.com to join for free today. Costa, the Central Ontario Standard Bread Association, proudly serving Ontario horse people. Costa, helping to ensure and support a collaborative and vibrant harness racing industry based on integrity and accountability. For more information, please visit the Costa website at costaonline.com or call 905-854-2672. This is 1059 The Region. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine covering the world of horse racing, is brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Over to your hosts, Ann Romer and Larry Simpson. Welcome back to Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Friend of the show, Woodbine jockey Sheena Ryan is joining us shortly. Now, last season, probably one that Sheena would like to forget. She suffered some pretty serious injuries in a training accident early on in the Woodbine season. She joins us now. We're going to take a look at her recovery and when she'll be back in the saddle again. Hi, Sheena. Larry Simpson and Ann Romer at the ready. How are you? I'm good. How are you guys doing today? We're doing great. So let's get right into it, Sheena. Uh, it was okay. It was last May that you had the training accident, right? Yes, it yeah. was actually on Mother's Day. Really? Okay. Well, let let's talk about that. Uh, uh, what happened for the you know our our listeners that maybe you were on last year? Uh, maybe you know for our listeners that uh, you know weren't part of that show, they'd like to know you know the lead up to where you are now. Okay, sure. Yeah, so, um, yeah, it was a training accident in the morning. Uh, my mom said it was the most unique Mother's Day gift she's ever received, <laughs> coming to Sunnybrook Hospital. Yeah. Um, basically, the horse ran, I don't know what happened with her, if it was a neurological problem, but she just ran through the outside rail. Um, she didn't feel like she was in her body to me, Um so she didn't even try and jump the rail. Unfortunately for me, it was cement on the other side. Ooh. So I shattered my elbow, broke my uh, my knee, my left knee, broke my back, broke my neck. And then the horse fell on me when she climbed off the fence because she was hung up. And I was sideways, so she crushed my pelvis. Um, so, yeah, it was a big accident. The horse is okay. Um you know, she's okay. She only came out with scratches and I'm okay now. So, you know, all is well now. <laughs> hearing your story, Sheena, I, I have to say it's lucky that you survived that. Honest to goodness. I know you broke just about everything possible. What went through your mind as all of this was taking place? In those kind of moments, you know, uh, obviously there's a lot of fear. Um, and the one thing that I will say, though, is that this happened, this accident happened right in front of the trainer's stand almost. 
So everybody was right there. There was so many people that saw it. And there was a moment where the horse was running loose on the turf course. And then naturally horses will come back the way that they went because they're afraid and they want to be in a safe place as well. And if it wasn't for the people around, she might've ran me over. Mm. (laughs) So all I felt was everybody came rushing. Somebody, you know, Erica Slomoski was holding my hand. Bob Tiller was standing over me. Jim Lawson was there. I remember hearing everybody's voices, even Kevin Attard flagging the horse off. And I was just like, oh my God, like, I'm so grateful that I have my racetrack family around, you know, um, in that moment, it made me feel better, even though I was in pain and shock. And I was just kind of like, I can't believe this is happening again. because <laughs> It's <laughs> not my first time breaking my pelvis. Yeah. But, really? Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Plus, the season didn't start very well for you before that because you caught COVID, right? Yeah, I never even got to ride a race last year because I had COVID, so I had to book off. And then, you know, that horse didn't get in, this, that. Just things were not working out. And I think sometimes there's a bigger plan for us, and we might not see where it's taking us, and it might seem like what what's going on. But that's when you just got to trust because bigger things can be coming. And, and that's how I feel right now in, in my mindset. Ashina, have you always felt that way? Have you always had that kind of trust in the universe, if you will? Or did that come as a result of this most recent accident? This recent accident really deepened the trust. And the people that I met, like at the rehab center, I met people with burns. I met people with amputated legs and hands. And we became friends it kind of felt like I was in high school again and it was actually kind of fun, which I never thought I would say that about a rehab hospital, (laughs) but my month there because of my friendships that I had, they really lifted me and it did deepen my trust because like looking back and reflecting the year from this point now, it's been just over eight months. It'll be nine months in February Mm -hmm. since the accident. I've learned so much. My mom and I bonded on a deeper level my family, I, 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 I can't even say I regret it happening. It was actually a blessing, hmm. which is crazy to say. Not at all. True. No, that's amazing. Yeah. All right, let's talk about the, the rehab process. Uh, whereabouts are you now in it? You said it's, it's been eight, eight nine months. Uh, how are you feeling, and uh, what's the prognosis on it? So um, I went in for my last x-ray last um, the end of November last year, and uh, my my right sit bone was broken as well, like as a few other places. Like they did surgery, um, it wasn't quite fully healed. There's a little space still, but I feel much better. I'm doing my yoga. It's been a process. I've been working with an osteopath, and he's now mentoring me and teaching me what he does. So it's quite fascinating. I do a lot of meditation. I've actually just started diving into Dr. Joe Dispenza's stuff. And if you saw me now, you would never think that I was crushed by a horse eight, nine months ago. Like nobody can believe it. Like it's, it's pretty crazy, but it's incredible what our bodies are capable of. And it sounds like you've been through a catharsis in a way, an epiphany (laughs) in a way. So let me ask you this, as you are preparing to at some point get back in the saddle again, will all of these changes in you physically, mentally, and emotionally change the way you approach riding, change the way you approach being a jockey? Oh, for sure. 
Um, I think it's changed me as a person. Um, you know, this sport, as anybody out there that's listening to this, and if you work with horses, you know, you get humbled because we're not invincible. And I think it's like appreciating the little things because we take so much for granted. And then when something like walking, like I didn't walk for two months, when that's taken away from you, then all those things that you were thinking were a problem before are no longer a problem. So I have a new viewpoint and it's also about sharing your journey with others because we can inspire each other and we can always do better. So I think my whole mindset has changed because it's not all about me. It's about the community. It's about the horses. It's about this podcast. It's about all of us together sharing, learning, and and enjoying life, right? Was there ever a time, Sheena, that you basically said, I'm going to throw in the towel. I don't want to be a rider anymore after all this. Or have your spirits been kept up to the point that you keep going? Well, uh, to be very honest, um, when Erica... Moski was holding my hand that day, laying on the cement. I was, I'm like, I'm done. I'm done. I was so angry. I was so upset. I, you know, um, not every day is easy. That's for sure. I'm at the point now that it's going to be on my terms. It's not because I need to, or because I need to prove something. Whenever I ride a horse from this day forward is going to be for pure enjoyment. And, you know, and that's it. Because when you have expectations and you put your value of yourself outside of you, you don't find your value outside of you. You find it inside of you because we're all valuable. It doesn't matter win, lose, races, this, that. No, everybody's valuable and we're all here to enjoy life and to express and to create and to share. So, yeah, there's times, you know, I'm not sure what it's going to look like this year but it's going to be on the terms that are comfortable in my heart and for me. Sheena, I have to ask you a very personal question. Through your recovery, and you're still at it, have you Uh had any moments of fear of horses as a result of this really bad accident? You know what? Um, Very interesting enough, I was asked that question not long ago. Um, Well, you're not going to ride again. Like, that's scary, you know? And I don't feel any of that because I don't know why, actually. Mm-hmm. It's it's a strange thing, maybe because I've been in some accidents before, and I don't know if it's horse people and we're kind of crazy that we just always get back on. <laughs> but also, you know, it's similar to, like, uh, I saw everybody in the rehab center, it was car accidents and stuff. I was the only horse person. So, you know, you would get back in a car again eventually, right? I think it's... If there is going to be a fear, then that's just an opportunity for me to transmute that, you know, and release it because I don't, there's no need to fear the animal. They don't ever want to truly hurt you. It just, things happen sometimes. Right on Sheena Ryan. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Where and when did uh, the interest in horses come from, Sheena? Um, Since I was nine years old. Maybe even before then, I always loved horses. I remember seeing racing on the TV, and my parents weren't into racing. They weren't into horses. But I always used to ask, what's the fastest horse in the world? And then I'd pretend to be a horse with my friend. (laughs) We'd play horses and stuff. Um, Actually, when I bought my house, when I was packing up stuff to move out, I found a picture that I'd sketched when I was nine 
I signed it and everything, and it was me as a jockey on a racehorse, and it said Sheena Ryan on Derby winner. <laughs> so I hung that up on my wall. I'm like, you know, and it's the childhood dream, and I'm I'm grateful that I got to live it. You know. And how close are you to continuing to realize this dream? Tell me about what the next steps are in terms of, of rehab and timing. Um, so I'm giving myself until March to, like, I'm not going to get on any horses until then because I really want to make sure that bone is solid. Um, I, I've been doing weights. It's good to have weight when you're doing bone building to build up the strength of the bones. A lot of people want to baby themselves, but it comes to a point where then you got to do a little bit more. Um, so my surgeon gave me the go-ahead last last year, so I've been incorporating more um, workout with weights and stuff like that. Um, so as far as, you know, coming back into riding, um, again, I'm not sure what that's going to look like. I will ride horses again because I love them and they're always going to be a part of my life. Um, but how that's going to look exactly, I'm not sure yet. That's unknown. Well, before we let you go, I want to ask one final question. You alluded to the fact earlier about yoga. You were running your own yoga classes and that has, has that involvement with yoga really helped your mindset and, and, uh, you know, helped you recover from this, you know, ghastly accident? Oh, definitely. Um, you know, yoga, meditation, and of course, like I'm a hypnotist as well. So I do, I have been taking some clients on the side as well for that. And, um, definitely like it's, you know, you got to do the internal work. We all create our reality. So whatever's going on in your reality, if something's not working, you got to change what's inside of you. And so many of us, myself included, you know, oh, point fingers and blame this situation, that person, this, this, this. But it's not really about them. It's about you. And once we start cluing into that and you can start connecting with who you really are and what you need and then eliminating the self-expressions of yourself that don't serve you. Like, for example, crying about um, the accident and, oh, this horse and it's all that person's fault or this, that's being in a victim mindset. That's not helping me. So I, I realize that and change it around. Become the victor of your life and create what you want and then share that with others and inspire and lift people up because we need to be lifted up during these times now. And you know what? Together, we can do anything as a community. And don't sweat the small stuff, right? That's right. Don't sweat the small stuff. (laughs) Oh, you're fantastic. Sheena Ryan, jockey extraordinaire on the, what I call the cerebral road to recovery. You're, You're so insightful and so in touch with your feelings. And looking forward to being back in the saddle again. Thank you so much for joining us on the show. We'll talk with you again, I hope. Yes, yes, very soon. I am working on something. You know, when it becomes ready to share, then I will reach out to you guys and and share that with you. But right now, it's just planting seeds. <laughs> Thanks, Sheena. <laughs> Thanks for doing You're this. You're welcome. Thanks for having me, guys. It was so lovely chatting with you today, and enjoy the rest of your weekend. Right back at you. Thank you, Sheena. After the break, Larry Simpson looks at some racing action today around North America, including Woodbine Mohawk Park and, of course, some racing at other 
North American track, so make sure that your HPI accounts and Dark Horse app are ready to work overtime today. Stay with us for, I love this, Larry's Ponies Picks of the Day, sponsored by Rocket Ship Racing. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine, brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Listen live at 1059theregion.com. Discover a new breed of excitement with Live Horse Racing. Ontario Racing represents 15 racetracks where you can experience the excitement of thoroughbred, standard bred, and quarter horse racing. To find the racetrack nearest you, go to OntarioRacing.com. New to betting? Check out our Betting 101 page and learn about the HPI Bet Wagering platform and the Dark Horse app. The best and safest online betting options. Get your horsepower at OntarioRacing.com and experience the excitement. Ontario Racing. Three breeds, one vision. The Horsemen's Benevolent and Protective Association of Ontario, the HBPA, has represented thoroughbred owners and trainers at Woodbine and Fort Erie racetracks since 1950. The HBPA promotes the exchange of ideas to further advance, market and preserve live racing in Ontario while offering new thoroughbred ownership opportunities. Membership to the HBPA is free for owners and trainers. For more information on the HBPA of Ontario, please visit our website at hbpa.on.ca. Lymphoma Canada and Ponies 24-7 recommend that you don't horse around with lymphoma. Lymphoma affects the lymphatic system of both horses and humans, and currently there are over 100,000 Canadians living with the disease. Lymphoma is also the most common cancer diagnosis for adolescents and young adults. Visit lymphoma.ca slash ponies to donate to the Don't Horse Around with Lymphoma campaign. With your help, we can promote early detection, assist newly diagnosed patients, and support lymphoma research. This is 105.9 The Region. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine covering the world of horse racing is brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Over to your hosts, Ann Romer and Larry Simpson. So before we wrap up the show, of course, what would Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine, be without a couple of possible betting opportunities and potential betting gems as Larry gives us his Ponies Picks of the Day, sponsored by Rocket Ship Racing. Are you ready, Larry? I hope so. You're at the gate. They're off. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's start at uh, fairgrounds. All eyes will be on the fairgrounds today in New Orleans as they have a 14-race card, several stakes races on tap, including the grade 3 200 and $200,000 LeCompte Stakes, which is actually a Kentucky Derby points uh, race with points being offered to the top five finishers in this race. Now, weather could enter into your handicapping today at fairgrounds as there's a potential of rain and perhaps making the track sloppy. But anyway, I'm going to look at race one today at fairgrounds, a maiden special weight at six furlongs for Louisiana-bred three-year-old fillies, purse of $65,000, and it's uh, on the dirt, the six furlongs. Uh, Nine fillies have been entered, and I'm leaning to number four, much more than ready. I hope she is ready, you know, uh, who started <laughs> twice in her career, first at Delaware last uh, year where she was third at uh, two-to-one odds, and then on December the 29th, where despite being pinched back at the start and eight wide in the stretch, much more than ready was able to close for another third-place finish. Last race trainer Michael Stidham outfitted the filly with blinkers, which seemed to help her stay focused. Today, she's back in with Louisiana-bred fillies. Trainer Michael Stidham is uh, 31% with horses, making their second start after being off over 180 days. Fairgrounds race one, number four, much more than ready. 
Now, Santa Anita, they have a 10 race card, and I'm going to go right to race 10, uh, which is a maiden special weight for three-year-olds, six and a half furlongs on the turf, a purse of $67,000. It's a large field of 12, plus and also eligible, have been entered, including number five, Hawker, a son of Triple Crown winning champion Justify, who is making his fifth lifetime start today and actually third off the layoff. Uh, Hawker debuted at Del Mar last August at five furlongs in the dirt, and despite racing greenly, he got beat a neck. His next start on September 3rd saw Hawker bet down to nine to five favoritism, and unfortunately, he lacked room was bumped a couple of times, then forced wide in the stretch. After a three-month layoff, Hawker came back at Del Mar on December 4th, this time at a mile on the turf, and again he wanted more room, and he lacked room and finished a a close fifth. Today, as mentioned, Hawker makes the big third time off the layoff start, receives first Lasix, which is a positive, and is back at a sprint distance where he performed the best uh, earlier in his career. The other good thing is Woodbine leading jockey uh, Kazuki Kimura rides Hawker again after being in the saddle last time. Santa Anita, race 10, number 5, Hawker. Now, Woodbine Mohawk Park has a 12 race card tonight, and race 12, it's a one-mile pace, a purse of $16,000. Well, number 8, Joel C. Hanover, was off two weeks prior to last week's start and sat a two-hole trip and finished a close fifth in that race. Uh, trainer John Petland drops Josie Hanover down tonight to a class that this uh, guy finished a close second a couple of weeks back. And Josie Hanover also picks up friend of the show Bob McClure tonight, who actually won on this guy on December the 10th. So he obviously knows Josie Hanover very well. This guy has enough gate speed to get some you know, gate early position, and I think that being... Back on a seven-day rotation, combined with a class drop and having a driver back in the bike who last had some luck with him, should make Jolsey Hanover a live play tonight. So Woodbine Mohawk Park, race 12, number 8, Jolsey Hanover. And finally, the Meadowlands hosts a uh, 14 race card tonight, and race 8 is a one-mile pace for a purse of $16,000. Number 2, Yes Do It Right, should appreciate being back in a seven-day rotation as he was off going into last week's race with a month off. Despite the layoff, uh, yes, do it right, left well from the seven hole and basically sat down on the rail and was not able to get close to the wire-to-wire winner. Yes, do it right has actually been a victim of post positions in his last six starts, starting from the seven last time, the nine two back, then the six, the nine, and the nine again. Despite the post, yes, do it right has performed well in three of these races, including a win at tonight's class when he had the six hole on December 10th. David Miller drives again tonight. So Meadowlands Race 8, number 2, Yes, Do It Right. Larry, again, fantastic work. Always a pleasure being with you. See you next week. And I just want to give a quick shout-out to Mark at Fans of Horse Racing. Hey, Mark. And goodbye to everyone, and thank you for joining us for this edition of Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. A little reminder, if you would like to receive a free digital copy of the current issue of Ponies 24-7 magazine, and a new one will be released shortly, please email Larry Simpson at theponies247experience at gmail.com. And don't forget about the Ponies 24-7 Lymphoma Canada campaign, Don't Horse Around with Lymphoma. For more information on this, please go to the landing page, lymphoma.ca forward slash ponies, and donate to this worthy cause. Remember, our online silent auction of sports and horse racing memorabilia and guest experiences runs until January 31st.
And once again, go to Lymphoma Canada's website where you will see the items displayed. And don't forget to keep visiting that site to check whether your bid is still live. Stay with 105.9 The Region all weekend long. And thank you so much for listening. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine with Ann Romer and Larry Simpson has been brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing and Rocket Ship Racing. Tune in next Saturday morning at 8 for more from the world of horse racing. This is 105.9 The Region.